You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. All right, you can be seated. So here, as we're looking at this Church of Philadelphia, we are dealing with a church that was a faithful church. This is a church that uh, had, had uh, uh, only good said about them. There's no rebuke that is found here in the Church of Philadelphia. This is a faithful church. This is one that we would look at and, and look at them as being a faithful uh, group of people. And, uh, and so here as we look at these, we, we see that this church was one that the Lord recognized in verse number nine. He recognized their works. And we, we've talked about that, how each one of these churches that had been had a letter written to them, these were not churches that were doing nothing. You know, if a church is doing nothing, why bother giving them more instruction because he's already given them a bunch? It's the same thing with us. Why is God going to give us new truth or open our eyes to deeper truth if we're not doing anything with the truth we've already been given? And so here, as the Lord is looking at these churches, he's seeing these, these churches and he's seeing some needs. Uh, he is trying to prune these churches. He is, he is trying to get them to, uh, to be uh, a better uh, representation of him and uh, a, a better bride. He wants them to be what they were designed to be. And so, uh, so we look how these churches, they were all uh, churches that were working churches. And, and as we look at them, we see some characteristics in each and every one that uh, could apply directly to us. Uh, some of the characteristics that we see uh, in these seven churches, we look at and say, I hope that does not represent us. All right, there are other things that we think, I hope we can attain to that. There, is, there was a great standing in these churches. In some areas, they're held up as a trophy. Uh, other areas we, we see as we look at next week uh, to the church of Laodicea, uh, we, we see the, the change uh, in these churches and so or the, the problems that are there. But here, as we look at this church, we see that there was a lot of good uh, that was there. And he said he knew their works. Uh, he said that uh, the Lord was the one that opened doors uh, that uh, no man could shut. He shut doors that no man could open. And uh, God is the one that brings opportunity. You know, the circumstances of life, they do not control the will of God. You know, COVID has become an excuse for everything. And whether it's in the political realm, whether it's in the economic realm, whether it's in the workforce, there is, there's, a, there's an excuse for everything, and, and now COVID can become that excuse. And at the same time, we can use it as an excuse as a church, well, we can't do this because of COVID, or we can't do this because of COVID. If we're not careful we can allow this, we can, we can let the circumstances dictate what we're supposed to do. Now, we are impacted by the different circumstances of the world around us, 
But when it comes, when it comes to our serving God, our service for God is based on who God is. The authority that we've been given is from God. It's not from Governor Newsom. And it's, it's not from what the culture around us will receive either. And so we've just got to make sure that as we are living, that we are living according to what does the Lord want me to do? And, and as we face obstacles and problems, God knows how to close doors. God knows how to open doors. And there have been times where there has been a darkness. We think about what is attributed, called the dark ages. The dark ages, you do not see great revivals taking place during those times. You do not hear of great things happening uh, for God and His people. And you can look historically, we can look back uh, and from Joseph until uh, Moses, uh, there, were, there were a lot of quiet years that were there. And you think that Israel, they were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. That's a long time. And that was a quiet time. Now, it doesn't mean that God wasn't working. And things might not be like they were in the 80s. Those of you that were saved and in church in the early 80s, the late 70s, early 80s was the fastest growing uh, churches, uh, historically the fastest growing time of churches. And independent Baptist churches were the largest churches in the nation. It was unreal. And uh, just historically looking at all of that, and some of you uh, have, were a part of that, and you, you witnessed it, uh, and you start thinking, man, it's not like it used to be. No, it's not. But God's still on his throne, and he still has a plan. And you and I, we just, we just need whatever the, whatever the door that's closed. If God closes the door, then we just got to be faithful and do what we can during that time. But if God opens up a door, let's be willing to walk through it and work and serve and labor and do what we can do. And so uh, God is the one that opens the doors. Uh, he is the one uh, that shuts the doors. But what we find here, uh, as we look at this church in Philadelphia, we see that God gives uh, some promises promises uh, to this faithful church. Look with me at verse number nine. Verse number nine, he said, behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. Now, uh, go back to chapter two and look at verse number nine. We're going to find this phrase used again. Revelation chapter 2, verse number 9, he said, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. So uh, here we see these churches uh, dealing with the same problems. Now, uh, these, these problems, uh, these are people that were in the church. These were problem people in the church. 
and there, was, there were problems. Go back to chapter 3, verse 9. He said, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan. So the Lord is saying they are of the synagogue of Satan. Now, now notice the difference. Notice what, what is the separator here. It says, Which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them. Who? Those so it's twice that same phrase, I will make them, in that same verse, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan. He said, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. What do we find here? We find that these individuals who, who the Lord Jesus is identifying as the synagogue of Satan, these are people that are saying they are brethren but are not. They are saying that they are a part of, uh, of the, the heritage of God, but they are not. And so, so with that, this, this separation that is there, uh, these individuals, uh, the Lord says uh, that this, this is a, a problem. So these people, just like in, in chapter 2, verse 9, uh, there was, uh, bl- God said that they were blasphemers. They were, they were saying one thing, but it wasn't true. He said, they, uh, I know the blasphemy of them that say they are Jews and are not. Uh, so uh, referencing that they are part of part of the church, part of the assembly, part of uh, the believers. And, and the Lord said they are not, but they are the synagogue of Satan. So uh, within then, we have persecutors within the body. We have people that are false professors within the body. And these false professors are, are identified by the Lord, and He is calling them out. And as he's calling them out, he is calling them out and he is identifying with the true believers. He's identifying with those uh, that were not false professors, but were real true professors. So these persecutors, these false uh, professors, uh, those that said they were Jews and are not, uh, they are counterfeits. They were counterfeits. I've used the illustration before. Uh, one day I took the offering down and uh, was in the, in the bank and they were counting the offering. Uh, and so the girl was just running through and counting the money out and she's counterfeit. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. And I grabbed the bill and I picked it up and I started looking at it. And so she said, yeah, that's counterfeit. That's not real. But she knew exactly what it was. She had handled enough of the real stuff that when she touched the counterfeit stuff, she knew it was wrong. Uh, I was reading the paper this morning, and uh, it was online, no real paper. Nobody really has a paper anymore. Uh, where's my father-in-law? Uh, maybe he does. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, the, it was online, and so I was reading this article on the paper, and today uh, they had uh, a whole uh, issue with counterfeit money, and there was a woman that they're looking for uh, that today, uh, in three different businesses, she was making purchases with fake $100 bills. And so the sheriff said, man, they look like the real deal. But they weren't. You know what? The devil has counterfeits. There's counterfeits. And just because something looks alike doesn't make it real. 
You know, you and I should be able to have some spiritual maturity to where we start to be able to identify when something's real and something's not. You know why? Because if you don't know what's real and what's not real, you're going to get burned. You're going to get burned. You know, it's one thing to give that money. When we went to the bank with that money, they didn't give us credit for that. There was a loss. Now, the person that put it in the offering plate, somebody said, I can't believe people putting counterfeit money into the offering. I said, they didn't know. I said, our people, nobody was trying to pass uh, an offering off on the church, uh, trying to get a tax deduction. Uh, you know, nobody was doing that. That wasn't the reality. They didn't know. They didn't know what they were given was counterfeit. And, and with that, there's a loss that happens. And in the church, we have, to, we have to have some ability to see what is real and what is not real. And the Lord is calling this out. And he's calling it out, and as he is calling it out, he doesn't call it out and then just leave it there. He has given us instruction on that. There are uh, counterfeits. Take your Bibles, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Look with me at uh, verse 12. We'll read down to verse 15. 2 Corinthians 11, 12 to 15. Go ahead and switch those verses there, brother. There we go. All right. The Bible says, But what I do, that I will do, that I might cut off occasion from them which desire occasion. He's saying, listen, those that have a problem, I'm going to do what I'm going to do to cut this off. I've got to stop this problem. I got to stop this occasion. That wherein they glory, they may be found even as we are. He's talking about they need to be revealed. Uh, He says, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their... What's that last word? Works. Whose end shall be according to their works. The Apostle Paul is identifying false apostles, false teachers, and he's, calling, he's, he's addressing this, and he's giving us this instruction. Why? Because God wants us to know when somebody isn't real, we better be able to figure it out. We better have some discernment. And, and we have to remember the devil is a liar, And he's the father of lies. And with that, there are people that are not believers. There are tares that are sown in with the believers. And just because somebody comes to church does not make them saved. And just because somebody is in church doesn't make them spiritual. That's why it talks about the babes in Christ. 
That's why in Galatians 6, ye which are spiritual, there's a difference. And we understand babies act like babies, right? But mature, mature believers shouldn't act like babies. Mature believers don't act like babies because they're mature. When was the last time you started screaming and crying because you didn't get your Diet Coke? Cup of coffee, meal. Elliot, he will scream and cry if he doesn't get his bottle. But he's a baby. It's expected. But when his mama does it, that's, that's, there's a problem. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Why? Because she's not a baby. Spiritually speaking, we better figure out what are we seeing? People who act carnal, you don't treat as spiritual. If someone acts like a baby, you treat them like a baby. Right? But you better be able to figure out who's who. So take your Bible and let's go to Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew chapter 7, we have to realize who is teaching here. How many of you have a red letter Bible? All right. So go to verse number 15. And as we look through this dialogue, what color is the, the writing? It's red. Why? Because the Lord Jesus is speaking. Okay, so let's, let's read this accordingly. Okay, so Matthew chapter 7, look at verse 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their, what? Fruits. What did, the, what did Paul say? He said, you're going to be able to identify them according to their works. The Lord said, according to their fruits. What is coming out? What is the offspring here? He says, uh, you, you shall see them. Uh, he, said, uh, he said, by their fruits. Uh, he said, do men gather grapes of thorns or fi figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Get that down. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. If evil is coming out, it is not coming from a good tree. No matter what the tree says. He said, every, he said, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits, ye shall know them. And he's saying, listen, you and I have the ability to be able to look and to rightly discern what is going on? And when someone is a, is a wolf in sheep's clothing, 
the Lord is saying, listen, look at the fruits. That's what's going to reveal. You know, we, we, we need to make sure that we, un, we are able to look at what's going on because the devil's going to do what he can to destroy the church. And he'll use people. He'll even use good people, nice people, misdirected people. He'll use evil people. Now, we don't know the hearts. Well, that's an evil person. No, we don't know that. We just know the works. We just know the fruits. And since we can't see the heart, the Lord knows the heart. But we better have enough maturity to be able to look at the fruits and see, is this tree putting off good fruit or is this tree putting off evil fruit? And it is revealing. We first moved down here from Washington and there were orchards everywhere. And I can tell you what an apple tree looks like. I can tell you what a cherry tree looks like. I can tell you what a pear tree looks like because I've been in those orchards. You drive down through the orchards and say, what kind of tree is that? And I told Deb, I said, we'll have to just wait and see when the fruit shows up. Because I didn't know what those trees looked like yet. Now I can tell you what's an almond tree and what's a, an orange tree and which one is a walnut tree uh, and what, what's an olive tree. I can, I can see that now, but I didn't know before because I wasn't around those trees. But the fruit reveals what the tree is. And here, uh, the Lord is, is talking about that. This church, there were those that were of the synagogue of Satan. This church was battling with those, of the, those that were of the synagogue of Satan. It wasn't that they were uh, across town uh, from uh, the church of Satan, and that church was being a problem to this church. No, it was within this church that there were those that were the Lord identified, said they are of the synagogue of Satan. So he was, he was revealing that there, was, uh, there were false people within that. Uh, so the Lord gave us this instruction so we could be aware. Uh, God, uh, unfortunately, uh, many people that we would think are mature are letting somebody else who is not mature influence them to go the wrong way. Why, why does... Why does a corrupt tree, why would they have influence to cause us to, to get off track? It shouldn't. Love for people cannot trump love for truth. And wanting to be liked and wanting to like people will get you in trouble. We've got to be able to, to see what is correct. So here the Lord doesn't stop. Go back to Matthew 7, verse 21. He said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, 
but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. What's that next word? What's that next word? Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, who's speaking? Jesus is speaking. And doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The wise man is the one that knows about what tree. The wise man is discerning. We, we have the, the song that we teach the kids. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And the rains came tumbling down. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The sand. Then how come when those that are supposed to be spiritual around those that are not putting out good fruit, why are they crumbling? Being in church and being saved for a long period of time does not make us wise. I don't care if you've been to Bible college I don't care if you've been in church for 50 years. If you're not building and basing your decisions on this book, we will find our life crumbling in our faith. And that's, that's something that the Lord was dealing with this church in Philadelphia. There are people there. They were fighting these individuals. There was battles that were going on. Within this good church, this wasn't, the, this wasn't a church that was careless. This was the good church. And there are people that were in the church, and the Lord is addressing that problem. So we see here that the Lord, as he is looking at this church and looking at these, uh, the needs there, the Lord's going to take care of their enemies. He is, he's going to take care of them. Go back to verse number 9, Revelation chapter 3. I said we were going to finish. I'm not even to point number two yet. All right. He said, uh, verse number nine, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. But do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. The Lord said, listen, you stand true and... I will vindicate you. You know, the Bible says, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. 
The Lord is the one, he, he, is, gonna, he is the one that will bring uh, that judgment there. So, so here he said that he was going to take care of these enemies, the ones that were within the church, that were uh, saying that they were Jews and were not. They were not the believers. They were not of the faith. Uh, they were not of the assembly. And so uh, he said he was going to take care uh, of these people. He would keep them, secondly, uh, from tribulation. Look at verse number 10. Uh, second uh, Revelation 3.10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Now, this temptation that he is going to deliver them from, this is talking about the great tribulation. And the Lord is saying, listen, I am going to... I am going to keep you uh, from the hour of temptation. So that hour of temptation is referring uh, to the great white th- or to the uh, uh, tribulation period. Uh, and so it was talking about the great tribulation, not talking about a personal trial or tribulation that they were facing. Uh, we, we can see that this is uh, bigger because he said that it was uh, which shall come upon all the earth. So uh, this was a worldwide trouble that he was going to be saving them from. Uh, and he's referring to uh, the time of Jacob's trouble. That's the, the great tribulation period. Now, the church is not going to go through the great tribulation period. Amen. Uh, you know, he said that he hath not appointed us under wrath, 1 Thessalonians five nineteen. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, 1 Thessalonians here is dealing with the rapture, uh, and the Lord's pulling us out. Why? Because we are not going to be a part of uh, the great tribulation period. It is for, it is called the time of Jacob's trouble. It is God shifting from the church back to the nation of Israel. And it is a time of great judgment. And the Lord is going to keep uh, this church. He said he would keep them from uh, tribulation. Thirdly, the Lord would honor them. Look at verse 12. Verse number 12. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name uh, of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. And, and here, uh, just referencing again uh, that this was, uh, the church wasn't going to be in the great tribulation, uh, and uh, this, the Lord is going to honor them. Uh, this faithful group of people, the, this church, uh, he said that uh, him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. And so what was that? There was, there was honor there that God was going to give them. And, you know, as believers, we are going to face obstacles. We're going to face obstacles. As a church, we're going to face obstacles. But as we do, we can't just let the obstacles cause us to stop. We have to recognize there is a God who can open doors. And there are opportunities for every obstacle. Uh, when the Lord opens a door, we must walk through it uh, and do the work that he has called us to do. When the Lord closes a door, we must patiently wait. Patiently wait. 
You know, patience is a part of the Christian life. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like waiting. There are things that we have, we have prayed for for years and not seen an answer yet. And it's not an answer that I think God is saying no. I think he's just saying not yet. And it might be a no. I don't know. But patience is a part of Christian life. But as we are being patient, patience does not mean we do nothing. It may be an area where we have to be patient, but it doesn't mean that we just stop everything. COVID has slowed everything down. Even Prime isn't next day now. Some things it is, but it slowed everything down. But it doesn't mean it has to be a stop. And in, as a church, this faithful church, the Lord was saying, listen, you just keep being faithful. He said, I'll take care of your, of your uh, I'll keep you out of tribulation. I'll take care of your enemies. And then he, he was saying, I'll honor you for your faithfulness. You know, the Lord sees what's going on in our life. He sees what we deal with. Nothing gets by him. And when you're doing right, he knows. He knows. And He'll bless us for it. God blesses obedience. So just stay faithful. Let's, let's do what we can. This faithful church, they were, they were given a lot of props. There were some, there are things that were positive there. And so as we look at this faithful church of Philadelphia, let's be faithful. And whatever the opposition is, let's just be faithful. Whatever the obstacles are, let's just keep on, keep on being faithful. And Lord will bless. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness to us. I do pray that you would give wisdom and guidance and direction. Uh, Lord, help us as we endeavor to serve you. And I pray that you'd help us uh, just to have uh, wisdom and insight uh, in our lives. And may you just bless, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. We'll just have a short invitation. The Lord put his finger on something in your life. You respond. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.